Lord, you brought us out of the darkness into this marvelous light. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. Thank you, God, for who you are, what you have done, what you're doing. Lord, I thank you. Yes, Lord, teach me how to say yes. Teach me how to say yes, Lord. My soul says yes, Lord. My soul cry out to you when my heart is overwhelmed, Lord. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lord, thou hast been a shelter for me, a strong tower, Lord, from the enemy. Oh, God, save, Lord. Lord, help me to look to you. Oh, Lord, have your way. Have your way, my God. Have your way in our doing. Have your way in our living. Have your way in our lives, my God. For without you, we are a failure. In the name of Jesus, without you, Lord, we can do nothing. Oh, God. Oh, you altogether lovely, my God. Lord, you're altogether wonderful. Help me, oh God. Help me to worship in spirit and in truth. Oh, God, teach me, Lord. Teach me how to seek you. Teach me how to know you. Teach me how to walk in your ways, my God. I of myself can do nothing. But through you, I can do all things as you strengthen me, O oh God. Continue to strengthen. Continue to heal. Continue to deliver. Oh, God, remember those that are up this morning seeking you, seeking your face. Dear God, we pray that you, Lord, would continue to draw your people closer, Lord. Draw us closer to you. Without you, we can do nothing. Without you, we have failed. Oh, God, help us to pray. Teach us how. Teach us how to know you and the power of your resurrection, Lord, and the fellowship of your suffering. My God, help us to lay down our lives and take your yoke upon us and learn of you. Teach us how to learn of you, my God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we wait. Send us your word, O oh God. Send us your word. Send us your word that we might share it one with another, my God. Oh, your word is life. Your word, my God, is life. Teach us how to live in you. Teach us how to walk in you. Teach us how to wait upon you, my God. For if we wait upon you, Lord, you promise. You promise to renew our strength. Oh, God, we will mount up with wings as eagles. We will run and not be weary. Lord, we will walk and not faint. My God, you've taught us. You've brought us. You've kept us. You've molded us and made us. And my God, help us to be totally yielded unto you. Oh, God, grow us in your grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, remember these, my God. 
Remember your holy nation. Remember your royal priesthood. Remember your people, my God, that call on the name of Jesus Christ in sincerity. Remember those that are in affliction, those that mourn. Remember those that labor. Remember those that are heavy laden. Father, bring your rest to your people. Bring your rest, my God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, anoint us, we pray. Oh, from the crowns of our heads to the sole of our feet. Oh, God, help us to live in the spirit. Oh, God, so that we not walk nor fulfill the lust of the flesh. Hey, my God, as we enter this war for the flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these two are contrary my God but oh God help us to bring in subjection the flesh to the spirit and the power of your word oh my God we thank you we thank you God for your every goodness we thank you for your every blessing we thank you God in the name of Jesus Thank you, God. Lord, we pray for the kings and all those that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. We pray for the president, the legislature, the senatorial body, oh, the judiciary, the armed forces, my God, oh, the first responders, Lord, we bring them to you. Remember, Lord, from the throne to the servant upon the wheel my god in the name of jesus uh, hey god remember your people everywhere you know them by name remember me remember minister brown remember the ministers of this local fellowship my god remember those that labor with us in the daytime praying for those that are afflicted praying for those that help praying for those who treat them and comfort them lord we pray today my god that you would continue to build us up in our most holy faith as we pray in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. A pleasant good morning to you, you and you, Brother Brown here this morning. And it's so good to be back. It's always good to be in this holy nation, a part of this royal priesthood, this nation of kings and priests. It's always my pleasure to sit with you each morning as the Lord permits in Jesus' name. This is the Master of Arts New Testament Letters program, and we are currently studying the book of 1 Corinthians. Today is Thursday, May the 14, 2020, and our topic today, Whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? The Apostle Paul addressed a question to the Corinthians asking them to look at themselves. Look in the mirror. He says, examine yourselves. Look. He said, whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not, are ye not carnal? Are you not walking in the flesh and after the flesh? And that is how men walk. That is not how the body of Christ should be. The body of Christ should not have envies and strifes and divisions and carnality. Walking after the natural things of this world. He said no. Then Paul made the statement. According to the grace of God. Which is given unto me. 
as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another build it thereon. But let every man take heed how he build it thereon. Everyone should take heed <coughs> how he build it thereon. Listen to this. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Let me read that one more time. Paul, in addressing his audience, the recipients of the letter that he had written, stated these words. According to the grace of the unmerited favor of God given unto me, as a wise master builder, as one who is experienced in the construction trade, as one who has the knowledge of architecture, I have laid the foundation, added the groundwork. I prepared the ground, I sowed. Somebody else came along and watered. But it's God that give it the increase. So I have laid the foundation. My task is to make sure that the foundation of God is there and it's standard sure, having a seal. I have laid the foundation. Now another will build thereon. However, he says, but let every man pay attention. Be focused. Get the right understanding as far as the building is concerned. Take heed how you build their own. It has to be done according to the pattern, according to the blueprint that was shown on the mountain. It has to be after the pattern that Christ Jesus laid down. Let every man take it heed how he build that their own. For other foundation can no man, you can't lay any more foundation. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid by Jesus Christ. You see, the foundation of God standeth sure. What God has put down in his word, what he has laid down, the pattern, the blueprint, the drawings, the outline that we should follow, no other foundation can any man lay than that which is laid, and that is Jesus Christ. It must be done according to the pattern that is showed on the mountain. If the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? So we have to maintain the integrity of the foundation that the work will continue to go forth and it will stand for the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. It's going to tear down the gates of hell. Now we find regarding Jesus Christ, the foundation of the work of the church, a council convened in Jerusalem to decide what should be done about Jesus Christ. What should be done about the foundation? And the conclusion of the council in Jerusalem regarding Jesus Christ is found in John chapter 11 verse 48 where they said, the chief priest, if we let him alone thus, if we leave him alone, all men will believe on him and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. So they wanted a decision on the foundation of the church, it just didn't start now. 
it just didn't begin overnight. The chief priests and the rulers in Israel and Jerusalem decided that they would tear up the foundation, they would destroy the foundation, they would crucify Jesus to put an end to the New Testament, to the New Covenant. They wanted to destroy it. So they said, if we leave him alone, if we just leave him alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. So if we just leave him alone and don't do anything, the world is going to turn to him. The world is going to believe on him. Israel will believe on him. And that anti-Christ force will come along with others and take away their positions and their authority. Now God, who in times past, God is spirit. Acts chapter 14 verses 16 through 17 tells us, God, who in times past, allowed all nations to walk in their own ways. There's a time gone by when the Lord had allowed all nations except Israel, who he had chosen as his witness to the nations, he had allowed all nations to walk in their own ways, do what they felt, do what they think, live their own ways. In times past, he suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness in that he did good and gave rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling the hearts with food and gladness. So God had allowed the other nations to walk in their own ways. He had chosen Israel. He came unto his own. His own received him not. He had allowed the other nations to walk in their own ways. But then he selected and chose apostles and sent them out into the world. Now Paul and Silas were out in the world and they found themselves at Philippi teaching. Saw a young woman with a spirit of divination cast that spirit out out and were charged with teaching customs which were not lawful for the Philippians to receive them being Romans. They were imprisoned and the Lord delivered them by an earthquake. After these things Paul left Philippi and departed from there, went to Athens, left Athens and then he came to Corinth which is the topic and our subject today. I had a rather interesting discussion with a friend of mine yesterday regarding a passage that someone had posted about a transformed, regenerated, born-again woman. And we both were reading the passage and it brought out to me how two people can read the same passage and see two different things. He told me later that he only read the last sentence. I was shocked. I was surprised. But then it reminded me that's how many of us have focused on the Word of God. Many of us have gotten the condensed version. We get a synopsis, a quick shot, and then we make assumptions concerning the whole thing. Paul departed from Athens and came unto Corinth, and when he got there, the Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. Crispus. He was now the ruler in charge of the synagogue. He believed on Jesus Christ and his house and many of the Corinthians herein believed and were baptized. So there was now a work in Corinth. So it came to pass that while Apollos, another fellow laborer with Paul, was at Corinth, 
Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. It must be remembered that it was a, a living ministry, an ongoing ministry. They were ordaining elders in every city. As they were appointed, they were fulfilling the Great Commission. They weren't settling down in certain places and taking up root and building disciples to themselves, but they were going abroad in every city ordaining elders that the church might prosper, grow, and be multiplied. So it came to pass that while Apollos was working on the foundation in Corinth, Paul had laid it. Apollos came and he watered and others would still come along later and God would give the increase. Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, introduced them to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God. It must also be remembered, especially in a time like this, that this is the work of the Spirit. Luke wrote in the book of Acts concerning the things which Jesus had begun to do. It is Jesus that does the work. We must never forget that the work is being done by the Holy Spirit through us, in the name of Jesus Christ. So Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 20, that while Erastus abode at Corinth, Paul had to leave Troyphemus sick at Miletum. We must not get the impression that we can heal people or we can deliver people. Oh, I got a healing ministry. I got a deliverance ministry. No, you don't have any of those things. It is God that doeth the work. Lest we forget, Paul had to leave Troyphemus sick at Melitum. There are some that will call for the elders of the church and you will pray over them. You will lay hands on them. You will anoint them with oil in the name of Jesus. And if they have committed any sins, it shall be forgiven them. But if God choose not to heal that person, but let that person experience his grace, that is the will of God. In fact, Paul had prayed three times to the Lord to be delivered from his own thorn in the flesh. But the Lord told him, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And Paul had to leave Troyphemus sick at Miletum. You know, we better get this thing right that we preach. Don't bother go preaching that boy, you're going to heal everybody. Don't bother go preaching, you're going to do more miracles and signs than Jesus. Paul had to leave Troyphemus sick at Miletum. Paul then found himself in Jerusalem, taken prisoner, taken to the castle, about to be scourged, pointed out to them that he was a Roman, and they desist. They left off from doing that, and Paul was placed on board a ship headed for Alexandria, and he warned the shipmaster and the owners that the Lord had shown him that the vessel was going to be with much loss if they left the port that they were currently in. They decided, however, to follow the advice of the experts, and they went out and got caught in a turbulent storm, Eurachlidon, a vicious storm. The seas were raging, the winds were blowing, and the ship was about to be torn apart, and everyone aboard was in fear of their life. They had to cast the tackling overboard. They had to throw the food overboard because they had disobeyed the word of God. But during the night, the Lord stood by Paul and said unto him, Be of good cheer, Paul, 
For as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou also be a witness at Rome also. You see, we are the witnesses of the Lord. Israel is God's witness to the nations. The church is God's witness to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. The Lord said, ye are my witnesses. Go ye therefore, teach all nations. Teach them about the things concerning Jesus Christ. But to the church, to the intent, God's intention, that now unto the principalities and powers, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10, to the intent, that unto the principalities and powers in the heavenly places might be known by the church. What? The manifold wisdom of God. The reason why God allowed Paul to go to Eurachlid and go to the storm, be beaten three times, stoned. Why God is allowing us to go through the mystery of the wisdom of God will be made known to angels. Why? The Bible says, knowing not that we shall judge angels, and if we shall judge angels, how much more than things that pertain to this life. So a part of our task is to the intent that no one to the principalities and the powers in heavenly places might be known by the church, by us, by the body of Christ, the manifold wisdom of God. So they're going to learn the manifold wisdom of God through the church because angels are fellow laborers and brethren that must keep the sayings of the book. And we're going to judge them. So, the defense of the gospel continues in the book of 1 Corinthians, and we up to the, the third chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, Paul got deeper into what he wanted to say to this church. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. He said, I... And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. So Paul had heard that there were divisions and envies in the church, and he was instructing them in the ways of the Lord. He was teaching them the things of the Lord. And then he began to examine that which he had done. He said, I. He took a personal position looking at what he had done. Examining himself. I and I, brethren, I could not speak unto you as spiritual. When I looked at the state that you were in. When I looked at your understanding, it wasn't opened. When I looked at what you were taught, I could not speak unto you as a spiritual body, but as a natural one, a carnal body, even as unto babes in Christ. So Paul contrasted the believers. In fact, he compared the believers to a young child, a baby, and he said, I could not feed you with milk. With, with meat. He said, I have fed you with milk. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet nor are ye able. It takes wisdom as a nursing mother to know what to give your child. Yes, he has a mouth, but he can't eat meat. Hello, somebody. He has a throat. But he can't swallow it down. So that mother, that father, 
I have fed you with milk. I knew what you were able to receive. So I fed you with milk and not with meat. For you were not able to digest it, to handle it, to chew it. You had no teeth. He says, neither yet know are you able. Even in looking at you right now, I realize that you are not able to run with the horses. If you can't keep up with footmen, how are you going to run with the horses? It has been many years, but you still are babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto, before now, you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now, you are still not able to bear it. Why? He says, for you are yet carnal. You yet judge, see, and operate in a natural way. For you are yet carnal. Why? For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? He said the attitude, the behaviors, the approaches, there's envying, there is strife, there's division. He says you're walking in the flesh and you're walking as a man led of the flesh. He said, look what you're saying. For while one say, I'm of Paul, and another, I'm of Apollos. Are you not? I'm Baptist. I'm Pentecostal. I'm Catholic. I'm Episcopalian. You've begun to put labels on yourselves, categorizing the body of Christ. One say I'm this, one say I'm that. And then that separation and that division and that envying and that strife begin to take place. And then you begin to separate the body of Christ. And they can't go here and these can't come there because of this and because of that. You are carnal and walk as men. Paul then took it home and made it personal. He said, who then is Paul and who is Apollos? He took it to the two individuals who were in Ephesus. He took it to the two individuals around whom the disciples had begun to express their carnality and their preference. Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? He said, but ministers, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, described himself as a minister. You see, our problem is that we are high-minded, puffed up, full of ourselves, that we lose out on the task laid down before us. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? He says, ministers by whom you believe. You call somebody minister. I remember one time saying to uh, 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 this gentleman, how are you, bishop? No, not bishop, apostle. I was like, excuse me, I'm very sorry. Who then is Paul? Who's Apollos? But ministers. The Bible says we're given this ministry of reconciliation. Ye are yet carnal. You see things after the flesh. You think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Who then is Paul? Who's Apollos? Ministers by whom you believed. Even as the Lord gave to every man. It is the Lord that give it. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord, he created all things for his pleasure. Paul then stated and outlined how the work began. He said, I have planted. 
I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. He said, I took the seed, I prepared the ground, I placed it therein. Apollos came along and he watered, he added to what I did, he contributed as was in him. But lest we forget, it's God that gives the increase. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Paul then said, so then, neither is he that planted anything. So then, neither is he that planted anything. Neither he that watered. You and I, we are but laborers doing our duty in this vineyard. Neither is he that planted anything. Neither he that water it. But it is God that give it the increase. God causes the church to grow, to flourish. The earth, the church is the Lord, the body of Christ. It belongs to him. The restraints, the restrictions, and the shackles that we put on it, we put on it because we are carnal. The word then says, Now he that plant it and he that water it are one. They stand in agreement. The planter and the waterer, they are one. They speak the same thing. Now, he that planted and watered are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Beloved, you're not going to get paid for what somebody else did. You're not going to get paid for what somebody else did. Neither will somebody else get paid for what you did. He that planted and he that watered are one. Speaking the same thing. Standing in agreement. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. We got to work. We got to work the work of him that sent us. For we are laborers together with God. What are we? We are laborers together with God. Many don't want to work with one another because they are insecure not confident in the abilities that God has given them, and they're afraid that others will grow up and go off and do what the Lord has led them to do. But we are laborers together with God, and ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. One more time. You, the body, the people are the building of God, not these stones, not these bricks, not these mortar buildings. We are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Don't be deceived, my beloved. You are God's building. Now, Paul stated, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me, according to those abilities, those mercies, how God has qualified me, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. You got to start with the foundation. The foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. You got to have a plan. You got to lay it out. You got to lay out that Jesus Christ, that foundation, that rock upon which it's built. You got to lay it out, that chief cornerstone. You got to lay it out. And another build it thereon. He says, but let every man take heed. Understand what you're doing. Know what you're doing. How you build upon the work. Why? For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ. 
You can't set up something your own way, according to your own doings, and think it's going to be beneficial to you. For other foundation can know, man, we see so many other structures set up that are not built upon Christ. Oh, they put a little Christ into it to give it some flavor. It's resting on other foundation. You see, the wise man built his house upon the rock. But the foolish man, he built his house upon the sand. But other foundation can no man lay. Jesus Christ, the foundation of the church. Now, Paul continued by saying, Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, if any man build upon Christ, it's down there. If we build on that which is laid, gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble. Let me tell you about the building materials. If any man build upon the foundation of Christ, gold. A material, substantial, of high value, that is tested in fire. Silver, a lesser metal, that has to be tried and purified. And precious stones. Yes, he says, if you build upon the foundation with those. But he also said, wood, hay, and stubble. These are combustible materials. Wood, hay, and stubble, when they pass through the fire, they will burn up. So you got to be selective in what you place on the body, what you place on the foundation. If every man's work, he said, shall be made manifest. Every man's work, everything that you do, it's going to be shown. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, if when you choose to build upon it, you select gold, tried, tested, proven, silver, refined, precious stones, able to stand, or you choose wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be shown, made manifest for the time of Testing shall declare it. We're in a time of testing right now. We're in a time of trial of what sort people are. Are they able to stand? Are they able to pray? Can they remain in the storm? Can they abide on the vessel while the vessel is going to Rockledon? Can they stay on board? If any man's work abide, which he had built upon, he shall receive a reward. If your work, your labor, continue to sail, continue to go to its destination aboard the vessel. You're going to find that some will be stubborn, some will be disobedient, some will get afraid, but you have to abide in the vessel. If any man's work abide, which he had built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he himself shall suffer loss. He's going to suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So you have to be careful in your selection of material to put into the building. Become a wise master builder. Choose quality material. Choose material that has been tried, tested, have seen trouble, have seen storm, have endured hardness as a good soldier. Material that has been through the bondage, through the captivity, have endured the trials and have overcome. Choose quality material. If any man's work abide which he had built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. But if any man's work be burned, he himself shall suffer loss. But he shall be saved, yet so as by fire. He himself is going to be tried by fire. 
Then Paul broke down further that we may understand because there are those who will mislead. He said, know ye not that ye are the temple of God? Have you been taught? Do you not know that you are the temple of God? In this trying time where buildings are closed, stores, offices, places of, where they manufacture, where they sell, merchandising places have been closed and so also places that many have gathered and assembled are closed. But do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you? God dwelleth not in temples, buildings made with hands. But he dwells in you. We are the church. A church is not closed. But the church is shining in this moment of darkness. It is letting its light so shine among men that men may see the good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? There are some men that have invested in buildings, that have allowed buildings and stones to become their temple. And they are now in fear because of the economy, because of bankruptcies, because of losing the temporal things that they invested in, where their treasure is, their heart is there. But know ye not that ye, you, my beloved, are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now listen to this. If any man defile the temple of God... Him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. You are the temple of God. So you cannot defile your body. You cannot defile your temple. Many places that people gather and assemble in were previously used for other purposes. Some buildings were bars, nightclubs, stadiums. The compact center, whatever it is, it had a former use, the places where men assemble. But our bodies, the temple of God, if we defile it, God will destroy us. Why? Because his temple is holy and we are the temple of God. Then Paul stated, let no man deceive himself. Don't fool yourself and don't fool others. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seem to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. A lot of times people say you're an idiot. That's the description of me sometimes. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seem to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. You see, because they fail to understand for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. The wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. God knoweth that. Therefore, let no man glory in men. For the things, for all things, the things, all things are yours. Let no man deceive. Don't fool yourself, beloved. And don't be fooled by any man. Don't deceive yourself. Don't look at the 
physical structures, buildings of stone and wood and uh, uh, zinc and glass. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seem to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. Become a fool in God's word. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. The whole world is confounded. The whole world is in an uproar. The whole world can't seem to find their way. The wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. So these who have set themselves up as the experts, that they are the ones that you consult, the Lord knoweth their thoughts, that the thoughts that they have are vain. Paul concludes by saying, Therefore, let no man glory in men. Let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. Everything belongs to you. Whether Paul or Apostle or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Therefore, let no man glory in men. Trust in Jesus Christ, not in the men that have set themselves up as the Lord's and dominators of the rest of mankind. Let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apostle, Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. And you are Christ, and Christ is God's. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your grace and we thank you for your mercy and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for what you have done. You have given us the ministry of reconciliation and you have established a foundation and if the foundation be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? Father, help us to build on that sure foundation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The Bible tells us that there's one mediator between God and men, and it's the man Christ Jesus, one advocate with the Father, and it's Jesus Christ. So I'm going to step away from here, that you may approach the throne of grace, and you'll find help in the time of trouble. God bless you in Jesus' name. Have a wonderful day.
Amen, 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 amen. Come on home, beloved. Won't you? Won't you please? Please come home.